I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of HBCU. Joining me on the panel today is Janice Haith. Janice is the Strategic Client Director for Navy Marine at Oracle. She's from Hampton University. I also have on the panel today Robert Hall, President and CEO of ProGuard Security from Norfolk State. Janice, Robert, welcome to HBCU. Thanks, Dee. Thank you for having us. Listen, so first of all, I know that Norfolk State and Hampton is a big rivalry, right? Of so, course. Yes. <laughs> so, so before we get started, tell me about that rivalry, Janice. What, what, what's the? I, I would say the rivalry is because we're two HBCUs across the water in Hampton, uh, Hampton Norfolk area, and to you know it's it's diverse, but it's like you can go across the street or to the river, and we're there, they're over with us, and we just it's just a rivalry, it's a natural rivalry. What you have? What you have to say about that, Robert? We're just the best in everything. <laughs> everything. I don't know about that. Well, from academics to sports, so we're, we're I don't know about that. <laughs> so, so look, so I want to start by asking Janice, how did you make your HBCU selection? How did you end up at Hampton? So my father was a product of an HBCU, went to North Carolina A&T, and my next door neighbor attended Hampton, and I went to visit, loved it. It's waterfront background, as you know. We have the waterfront, that's a draw near the beach. Um, temperature's not bad. It was far enough from home, but close enough to get home yeah. when I wanted to. So that was why I went there. Robert, how did you end up at Norfolk State? I ended up at Norfolk State. Um, originally, I, I played sports, basketball, and, um, and I had HBCUs uh, locally uh, just to come at me for scholarships. But uh, I ended up at, uh, selecting Norfolk State. Uh, it's such a beautiful school, and uh, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's, it's the best HBCU I know on the East Coast. <laughs> so, Jen, <laughs> tell me about <laughs> the first that. day that you set foot on the campus of Hampton. Do you recall that day? Uh, sort of, but I remember the day I walked into my dorm and I immediately met my friends for life. Yeah. I met the I met the girls that I have known since freshman year, and we are friends today, and we're good friends, and. Uh, just the experience, the welcoming nature, the faculty and staff that were there, uh, just the ability to walk across the campus and go to the waterfront. Just yeah. a great day, great day. Robert, what do you remember about your first day at Norfolk State? Uh, <clears throat> my first day, it was just, it was just a beautiful scene to see. As I always said, people look like me. <laughs> but it, it, it was just good to see um, um, the diversity, even though it was more people look like me, but it was a very diverse school, even though it was HBCU. Um, it, was, it was just an experience being away from home, you know, yeah. Yeah. and I, I really enjoyed that experience. But you played basketball there uh, as well, so talk about uh, your basketball career. Well, yeah, I, I'm a pretty good basketball player. Um, like I said, I'm originally from, from Mississippi, and you know, I had, I had scholarships uh, for locally, Mississippi Valley, uh, Jackson State, but uh, it was important for me not to be local. I didn't, didn't want to be local. I wanted to get out, branch out on my own. Um, the basketball, uh, as you know, basketball has been dominant. We, we dominated uh, for years. We just recently made it to the NCAA twice this year. Um, it's a uh, high history in basketball, great. I, lo I love that sport. And Norfolk State represented very well. Yeah. So Janice, 
what was it like being on the yard at Hampton from the standpoint of, uh, you know, what were kind of the signature things that occurred that made Hampton special? Oh, so if you, the Hampton campus has this circle called Ogden Circle. Uh -huh. And when you first get on the yard, they tell you, don't walk across the circle. If you walk across the circle, you won't graduate. <laughs> so it was the thing, you just walk around, not across, because yeah. it, it was a faster way to get to a place. It was great. It's like Robert said, you know, you, you're on a campus, you're in an environment where you see people that look like you. We mm -hmm. had diversity, too. But it was just being there, it's like a mini city. Yeah. You know, you get to do all these things with your friends, you don't have your family breathing in your neck, you can stay out late, you can hang out, go visit people. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just a great experience. It's not like anything you can imagine other than a tender. Yeah. What were, what were homecomings like there? Oh, phenomenal. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I, I can't <coughs> wait till this year's homecoming. We haven't had one for two years. And yeah. Homecoming is like, everybody comes back. It's party time, it's just, hugging and loving everybody, you know, getting with your organizations and doing those things that you do, just having a great time. Win or lose the game, it's just, it's having a good time yeah. seeing yes. everybody. Yeah. What about for you all, Robert? Yeah, homecoming is, I mean, we, it's like every year we go back and just the fellowshipping and just being with, seeing everyone that you uh, hadn't seen in 20 some years, uh, not to tell you my age, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just a great feeling to go back and see the university, the growth of the, mm -hmm. the university. I think one reason why is it's so diversity there because of the, the, the big naval base we have there. Yeah. And so with that being said, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the naval um, patrons, they send their kids to Norfolk State and Hampton. And so it's, just, it's really good to go back and, uh, over the years and... and attend the homecoming. I just enjoy that, you know. What was, uh, what was Greek life like on Norfolk State campus? I know the noops ran the yard over there, so what, what was that like? That was my <laughs> first time really hearing about noops, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, it's the divine nine, you know. I, I, you know, the fraternities is always great. It's a great life, whether you pledge Sigma, Kappa, Alpha, uh, whatever you decide you want to pledge. It's just a great experience. Um, it was, it was um, the step shows and mm -hmm. just coming together, you know, in your little clique and your little group and um, just celebrating that, uh, the history of behind it. Uh, it was just great. I wouldn't trade that in for nothing in yeah. the world. You know. And for the record, you are a member of what organization? Omega Psi Phi. There's only one that I know. <laughs> Omega Psi Phi. <laughs> so, Janice, what was Greek life like at Hampton? It was great. I mean, it was like, uh, as like he said, the impromptu step shows, the structured step shows, the whole intake process, pledging, you know, just the... Everybody pledged when you pledged. Everybody wanted to know who's online. What are they doing? Well, everybody right. it was yeah. five o'clock every day. Everybody's out on the yard. Well, are they coming out? They're not coming out. Are they stepping? What are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun. And then the ability to go. Like we would go to Norfolk State. They would come over to North uh, yeah. to Hampton. We would see each other at events yeah. and things and just you know the things that we did. We didn't just have fun. We did service too. We did service yeah. in our community on the campus and external to the campus. But it was it's great. It's like yeah. you can't experience it unless you. You, just, you have to see it. Yeah. You have to yeah. see it. And what's the royalty? Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, of right. course. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you a pound on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble today. <laughs> That's okay. My husband is a noob. So. Okay, okay, okay. 
Oh, you made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad is an Omega, so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's even better decision. Yeah, so, so, Robert, um, so talk to me about the challenges that you had while you were at Norfolk State. Um, the challenges uh, that I had, well, I, I go back to where I was born, born in Mississippi, uh, the oldest of six. Um, uh, when I first left, I attended a JUCO in Texas. Um, I did that for a year, then I, I decided to visit Norfolk State and I fell in love with it. Um, my first year at Norfolk State uh, did very well, but the coach ended up getting fired. And we lose, we, the players that he had, scholarship was taken away from them. So, so with that being said, um, it was very difficult uh, in the return to Norfolk State, uh, meaning that he had selected his players and, and uh, the scholarship was taken away. So I didn't really want to go back <laughs> to Norfolk State, but my mother encouraged me to go back. And uh, I did manage to go back to Norfolk State, enrolled in school um, uh, without the scholarship. However, I got everything deferred. Um, um, the lodging was tough. I didn't really have a solid place to, to uh, live at the time. It was a tough struggle the second year at Norfolk State. Uh, but the president of, of, of uh, Norfolk State, uh, Dr. Wilson, it happened to be Russell Wilson, the uh, NFL quarterback. His grandfather was our president at the time. Very good man. He had some ties with Mississippi. Um, he actually coached for Jackson State basketball. So he was a big fan of me. So he was wondering why I didn't, I didn't play the second year. And I explained to him what went on. And, uh, and he wanted to know where I was living at the time. Uh, I was uh, just all, all over the campus. I didn't really have a solid place to live, right? Uh, that shows the determination that I was, I was determined not to go back to Mississippi, right? right? My goal was to Where make... Where some of the places you live on campus? Um, actually, um, from the gym to some ball players that, um, that I became friends with, uh, uh, to their dorms, back to the gym. Uh, nobody knew, though. Um, uh, I was very uh, discreet about what I did. I got up at 4.30 every morning, uh, showered, and uh, off to classes. And so when I, uh, I brought it to, to the president's attention, because the end of the semester was coming to an end, right? And so uh, I told him what was going on, and he said, I, didn't, I'm not, I, I don't understand. I'm not seeing you playing this year. I said, I don't have a scholarship. And he couldn't believe I didn't have a scholarship. Uh, and he goes, um, let me see your grades. And <clears throat> he saw my grades, and I had all A's. And you managed to get all A's um, uh, without having any type of lodging, nowhere to live. And I said, yes, sir. Well, I've determined not to go back to Mississippi because I'm the oldest of six, and there's not uh, anything to fall back on, you know. Uh, uh, the struggle was really tough in Mississippi. Uh, my mother, father, single, well, I come from both parents, but my father was the only one that worked. Second grade education, but extremely smart. You know, back in the day, those, those people that had very little education, was they could do anything, build anything. And so uh, I explained to him my, my uh, situation 
And once he saw my grades, he decided to give me an, an apartment off campus for the gifted. And uh, that led to me um, getting myself together. And so he kind of uh, related to that because his experience was somewhat similar, his struggles, because they had a tough struggle coming up, you know, back in the day. So, and uh, that, that's, you know, that right there in a nutshell, kind of uh, my experience at Norfolk State, which led to me uh, graduating, um, first to graduate in my family and also receiving an advanced degree as well, all at Norfolk State. So. Yeah, that's that's an amazing story. Okay. So Janice, talk to me about uh, Hampton. Uh, are there any um, faculty, staff that left a lasting impression on you? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, Dr. Greer Wilson, she was the head of student life and affairs. Um, she was a sorority sister, mm -hmm. but uh, she was just a rock. She had a program called Student Leaders and I was a, m a member of that. And we uh, actually, when freshmen come in, you're paired with freshmen and you help them learn the campus, how the activities work, the overall, how to do study, things like that. Um, she was one of them. And then I would say Dr. Harvey, he's got a legacy. He came in when I was a freshman. He's retiring this year after a long, long career. But he had a vision then. Obviously, when I was in college, I couldn't see the, I didn't see the vision, yeah. didn't see the relevance. <laughs> but um, that vision has uh, been formatted because if you go on campus now, it's nothing like what it was when I was there. It's, it's a new campus with old there yeah. to re preserve the historical. So uh, he, his vision is there. His legacy is there. You'll see it. So Robert, talk to me about ProGuard Security. Tell me about your company, what you do, how many employees. Give me a little background on it. <clears throat> yeah, ProGuard is um, it's a security company. Um, we basically uh, do all types of aspects of security uh, from um, um, unarmed, armed. Um, we do construction security. We do fire guard, fire guard directors. Um, we do um, entertainment security. Uh, we do residential and commercial. Um, we started in two, 2009. Um, Where you headquartered? Uh, out of the Bronx, out of the Bronx. Um, it's a field that I kind of uh, fell into. Um, I initially, after I finished school, I can go back to that. After I finished school, I kind of got into security. I was teaching school and I kind of got bored with that and I decided to become a bodyguard. Everybody looked at me a bodyguard. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and so one thing led to another. After a few years as a bodyguard, I decided to get into security. And uh, I know in New York City, me living in New York is a mecca of security. So I decided to kind of study security. And, and one, one way I studied, it became, I became a security guard um, from a different angle, just to learn the field and learn the business, um, making $13 an hour at the time. And so my game plan was eventually start my own company. Um, and so what I did first was got a security school going, created a curriculum and submitted this to the state, um, which you have to be sanctioned by the Division of Criminal Justice uh, to do that. And so you can't do security unless you have a license. And so what I did, I created the school and, um, and I so far over, over a 12 year period, I've certified over 25,000 um, um, security guards. And, um, 
and provided so many jobs. And so I fell into it and it's been very lucrative for me. And, uh, so how many, how many uh, employees do you currently have? Uh, right now, I'm at about seven to eight hundred employees right now. Great, uh, that's 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 great. Uh, Janice, uh, I know that you were a um, civilian uh, uh, executive in the military. Talk to me about some of the roles you had. So I was the Air Force Deputy Special Security Officer, and I dealt with things like uh, top secret information and worked in projects that dealt with intelligence. Uh, I was the deputy director for the Defense Security Service, and we that's an agency within DOD that oversees the industrial security program and some of the personnel security investigations. I worked on the OSD staff in two different organizations, and then when, before I retired, I was uh, the deputy CIO for the United States Navy. So yeah. different careers. Oh, wow. Now, and, and currently, after your retirement from the military, you are working with Oracle, so talk right. about that as well. So as a strategic client director, I uh, oversee all of the Oracle business units that deal with the Navy and we sell product and capability to the Navy and Marine Corps and try to make sure that we have an integrated message, we have a go-to-market strategy that tells about the capabilities Oracle offers today, for instance, our, our autonomous solution, and, and help them as they transform, transform from where they were 50 years ago to, to where we're going today, Let's do things like that. Amazing. So, Robert, how do you feel Norfolk, Norfolk State played uh, a role in your success? Uh, Norfolk State is everything. I mean, um, just being there, the role that it played in my success, um, uh, me coming there as a young man and seeing the struggles at the school and, and learning from the, the professors, um, they kind of guided me. <clears throat> to the man I am today. Um, and so that's the experience. I would never take that experience um, away from what I received in Norfolk State to help me throughout my life. So Janice, as, as it relates to Hampton, how do you feel it has contributed to uh, making you into the successful uh, woman that you are today? So I think Hampton gave me all the tools that I needed from an analytical, how to be a leader, how to be a follower, uh, how to be a team player, to do those things, to work with others, and to just to just give you the foundation. You know, it's it's been great because it's my network. Mm -hmm. And so when you want to do something, you reach out to your networks. And you know, like I met him, so I'll be reaching out to him for something at right. some point. Right. And so right. it's the, it's that HBCU connection. It's also yeah. just the ability to reach out to people that look like you that can right. help you and move forward. Oh, absolutely. So Robert, if you had to uh, tell a viewer or their parents who's, who may be watching this show uh, why they should consider Norfolk State as their, as their HBCU of choice, uh, what reasons would you give them? Well, first of all, they have um, the, the reason why I think they should choose Norfolk State is because they have a very good academic program, okay? The great nursing program, um, great engineering program, um, and they're, they're somewhat very diverse, um, very good professors. Um, they're going to work with you, and they're going to stick with you, and you can always call and count on their professors. Uh, and it's just uh, protection around the campus as well with the security, and uh, you feel like you're at home uh, when you attend Norfolk State, even in the cafeterias. Um, they make you feel like you're at home, and uh, uh, I think it's a very good school. 
like I say, it's always, it may be easy to get in, but it's hard to get out. <laughs> 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 it's hard to get out. But when you get out, you'll be ready. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what about Hampton? So yeah, the home by, Hampton is the home by the sea. And so I would tell you, your foundation for academic excellence is there. Uh, Hampton offers us an array of opportunities for internships for students. Uh, architecture, engineering, um, uh, nursing uh, are big in Hampton. Business school, we have lots of people in the business school that go out and do massive things in the Fortune 500 company. So it's, it's a foundation. And, and I think that people should never under, overlook an HBCU. I mean, we have, look who's the Vice President of the United States. Yep. Right? Look at some of the people that are exactly. coming up in the world. HBCUs generate leaders. Yeah. And, and so it's the foundation. So don't discount it. Robert, what are you, uh, what accomplishment are you most uh, proud of? Um, well, I'm mostly proud of myself just graduating. <laughs> been, been the first to graduate uh, on both sides of the family and um, uh, just setting an example uh, for not only for my brothers and sisters, for uh, my cousins and, and other young men and women that's coming up um, that come from single, single parents uh, or, or just a, a poor environment uh, from the South. And I'm also proud of the fact that I provided over, I said, I said about 50,000 jobs in New York City, uh, in the urban, urban city. Yeah. And so I'm proud of that as well. So Janice, um, I don't want to miss the opportunity to just have you touch on this because during 9-11, you were the senior official in your uh, department when that occurred and you actually heard and witnessed it. So talk about that for us. So I, I, you know, I was telling somebody earlier, it's a, it's a defining moment. It was surreal, but it was, um, it was really hard because the day before I had been at the Pentagon and had lunch with a bunch of my Hampton friends that work at the Pentagon. Yeah. And so it was an ability for me to use my leadership skills in a different environment, something I never thought I'd experience, but to also, I had people that work for me and to just make sure they were taken care of too, that they weren't afraid we were going to be okay it's just going to take some time, and, and we would get through this. So it was a defining moment. It was. And, and you talked about how uh, everyone was motivated after 9-11 yeah. uh, to go back to work. Talk Everybody about that came back. It was the next day. We all were like, well, oh. we didn't know what to do. So we were like, we're going back to work. And, 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 and we were sitting there. We were all trying to get on base, and you couldn't get on base because they were going through this rigorous security. But we sat there for hours, and we got on there, and we stayed for eight-plus hours every day. And we kept doing it. We are like, what do we have to do? Who do we have to help? It was just a constant. But it was the desire to make sure that somebody was protecting us, we protect them. Right. And so in your role, just take about 30 seconds to just talk about the top uh, secret clearances that you had. Oh, so I had several top secret clearances. I work with agencies people don't like to talk about, CIA, NSA, um, mm -hmm. and even in the service intelligence. So we did a lot of things with cases like Iran-Contra, uh, the Imelda Marcos case, uh, cases people don't even know about that are going on today. Still a lot of work with that and right. making sure that those inf that intelligence information remain protected. Wow. I mean, both of you all have uh, two totally different paths, but at the same time, two um, amazing stories. And so at this time, what I would like to do is to recognize each of you for your continued commitment uh, and support for historically black colleges and universities oh. Oh, and well, also you. for the success uh, that you all have had in your professional careers and how that you have, mm -hmm. through your success, uh, highlighted and showcased 
the excellence of HBCUs. And so with, for that, I present you with the HBCU okay. Lifetime Achievement Award. Thank you. Thank, thank you all thank you. so much thank you. for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And to my viewers, thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. And remember, without you, there's no me.